He believed this because he felt, for mystical reasons, that the Earth was the center of the universe, and that circular motion was the most perfect. This idea was elaborated by Ptolemy in the 2nd century AD into a complete cosmological model. The Earth stood at the center, surrounded by eight spheres that, from the inner sphere to the outer one, carried the Moon, Mercury, Venus, the Sun, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and the stars. The five planets known at the time moved on smaller circles attached to their respective spheres, in order to account for their rather complicated observed paths in the sky. The outermost sphere carried the so-called fixed stars, which always stayed in the same positions relative to each other, but which rotated together across the sky. What lay beyond the last sphere was never made very clear, but it certainly was not part of mankind's observable universe. Ptolemy's model provided a reasonably accurate system for predicting the positions of heavenly bodies in the sky. But in order to predict these positions correctly, Ptolemy had to make an assumption that the moon followed a path that sometimes brought it twice as close to the earth as at other times and that meant that the moon ought sometimes to appear twice as big as at other times. Ptolemy recognized this flaw, but nevertheless his model was generally, although not universally, accepted. It was adopted by the Christian Church as the picture of the universe that was in accordance with Scripture, for it had the great advantage that it left lots of room outside the sphere of fixed stars for heaven and hell. A simpler model, however, was proposed in 1514 by a Polish priest, Nicholas Copernicus. At first, perhaps for fear of being branded a heretic by his church, Copernicus circulated his model anonymously. His idea was that the sun was stationary at the center and that the earth and the planets moved in circular orbits around the sun. Nearly a century passed before this idea was taken seriously. Then two astronomers, the German, Johannes Kepler, and the Italian, Galileo Galilei, started publicly to support the Copernican theory, despite the fact that the orbits it predicted did not quite match the ones observed. The death blow to the Aristotelian Ptolemaic theory came in 1609. In that year, Galileo started observing the night sky with a telescope, which had just been invented. When he looked at the planet Jupiter, Galileo found that it was accompanied by several small satellites or moons that orbited around it. This implied that everything did not have to orbit directly around the Earth, as Aristotle and Ptolemy had thought. It was, of course, still possible to believe that the Earth was stationary at the center of the universe and that the moons of Jupiter moved on extremely complicated paths around the Earth giving the appearance that they orbited Jupiter. However, Copernicus's theory was much simpler. At the same time, Johannes Kepler had modified Copernicus's theory, suggesting that the planets moved not in circles, but in ellipses. An ellipse is an elongated circle. The predictions now finally matched the observations. As far as Kepler was concerned, 
Elliptical orbits were merely an ad hoc hypothesis, and a rather repugnant one at that, because ellipses were clearly less perfect than circles. Having discovered, almost by accident, that elliptical orbits fit the observations well, he could not reconcile them with his idea that the planets were made to orbit the sun by magnetic forces. An explanation was provided only much later, in 1687, when Sir Isaac Newton published his Philosophiae Naturalis Principia Mathematica, probably the most important single work ever published in the physical sciences. In it, Newton not only put forward a theory of how bodies move in space and time, but he also developed the complicated mathematics needed to analyze those motions. In addition, Newton postulated a law of universal gravitation.